On this edition, we're gearing up for summer in the south. Yes, the lazy, hazy, golden days of summer in the South Island. We head to Havelock and the delights of Pelora Sound. Take a drive on Selwyn's Great Alpine Highway and savour the ocean elements in Kaikoura. Plus, we trace the mighty Clutha River. It's summer in the south. We're back with Kiwi Tripster's Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard for a fresh edition. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. It's so wondrous to be with you. Yeah, sometimes I wonder why. <laughs> Are you ready for a Kiwi summer? Do you have Rachel Hunter in her convertible V-dub with a trumpet busting at your door? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always up for it, Andrew. I'm the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the trusty Virtuous Virgo, so Ford Planning is my middle name. Virtuous is not. We've packaged up a range of golden summer trip ideas, firmly focused on the South Island. And we start at the tip-top of the South. See what I did there? Well done. The tip-top of the South, which was hammered by the weather gods in August, uh, wreaking havoc on the roads. Sound the trumpets. <laughs> we have good news. <laughs> Thankfully, that major highway route between Blenheim and Nelson will reopen in a few weeks' time, just one week before Christmas, after being shut down since pretty much the start of November. So that's fabulous that the summer season will be able to proceed as normal for trippers in that uh, area of the top of the south. Indeed. Could you say that in any longer form? Okay, after you've sampled some wines in Blenheim, history buffs definitely uh, check out the Edwin Fox in Picton, the world's oldest preserved merchant sailing ship and the only surviving ship that transported convicts to Australia. We've kept it in working order, just in case we need it again. Yes, built in 1853, (laughs) the Edwin Fox also carried settlers to New Zealand. She carried troops in the Crimean War. She's been a bit of a workhorse. She's got around. Yes, so much history, which has been beautifully curated in the adjacent museum on the Picton waterfront. So definitely check uh, check it out. Unlike the Vasa in Sweden or... Uh, the Mary Rose in the UK. What I love about the Edwin Fox is you can walk down into its hull and up onto its deck where the bunks previously slept in by Australia-bound convicts are still displayed. Indeed. Mm. Now, heading west to Havelock, we love the roughly 40-metre-deep Pelora Sound and the Mail Boat Cruise, which is an institution. This is the most popular scheduled cruise in the Marlborough Sounds. And the Mail Boat started in 1918. So it celebrated its centenary four years ago. Fabulous. So, yes, this all-day cruise takes you deep into Pelora Sound. You see Kinaparu Sound as well on the way out from Havelock. Indeed. Uh, and then into the outer sounds mm. around places like Maud Island. Good old Maud. Yeah. Um, obviously, when it comes to post being dispatched on the on the mail boat cruise. There isn't so much of that, but, I mean, they'll still do it, but it's, it's principally prob- like a grocery ferry, isn't it, it's for a lot of the uh, residents out there? Probably still faster than most of the postal deliveries. That's true, but uh, you see some seriously far-flung outposts of civilization. It's amazing how so many people are leading very secluded lives in the Pelora Sound. Indeed they are. Mm. Now, they do have what they call partial wheelchair access. 
Mm. Now, and so they want a bit of notice, but they certainly try to be accommodating. By that, I mean, I think you have to have a little bit of a mobility to get onto the boat, right. but they can take wheelchairs. Okay. And you can also charter the mail boat for your own little cruise. Fabulous. I know. I met an online maths teacher, an online shoe trader, who were both carving out a living deep in the sounds. Uh, they'd come down to the wharf to collect their groceries off the mailboat cruise last time I did it. Another really cool highlight, uh, the farming family, the Foots. Now, the Foots... Have- w- were they the online shoe traders? <laughs> <laughs> they have, well done, they have been tending to the massive Wilson's Bay farm since the 1880s. So it's now the fifth generation of Foots, uh, and they're still going strong. Still on foot. Yeah. Indeed. And, of course, Havelock is a byword for green-lipped mussels. How many mussels did you devour on your last visit? (laughs) Not enough. (laughs) Well done. Are you a fan? Yes. Yes. Mm. So good for you, too. Mm, They are. If you go to the Mills Bay Mussels Tasting Room and Eatery, you are in heaven. You are in Nirvana. Yes. Muscle Nirvana. Now, this is on the Havelock Marina, right right next to the water. Yeah. Um, they've got their muscle pack house there, so you can gorge yourself stupid on the freshest mussels imaginable. And what they do at Mills Bay is really, really clever. They do all sorts of different variations in terms of how they um, – Serve them to you. So you can have, as I did, a dozen au naturel raw shucked mussels. Shucks. Shucks. Uh, they're drizzled in this lovely Asian mint dipping sauce. So good. Um, <laughs> but then step it up a bit and have some pimped out mussels. So you can try like the garlic butter mussels, which are grilled on the half shell with a crispy crumb. Did they you are- say did you say pimped out? Yeah, yeah. I'll oh. just, you know, add a bit of this and a bit of that on the side. But I do love a crispy crumb, I have to say. <laughs> I do like a crispy crumb. Yeah. Pimp my muscle. Yeah. Yes, and Mills Bay Muscles is a must have lock, of course. In fact, Polaris Sound is actually at the epicentre of New Zealand's muscle aquacultural industry, mm-hmm. which is worth 200 million dollars per annum. Wow. That's huge. You will actually see some yeah. of those muscle farms on that Polora smileboat cruise. Indeed. Yep. All right, stay with us. We're off to Selwyn very shortly. Back in a moment. You're back with Keep Me Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we salute summer in the south. And west from Christchurch, why not take the chance to explore the many gems of the Selwyn district? Very nice place. It's such a whopping expense of land to Selwyn because it is bookmarked by the Waimakariri uh, to the north and the Rakaia to the south. And then you've got all that land stretching from the Pacific Ocean to the Alps. Massive area. Indeed it is. And one of the best ways to get a flavour for the sense of place, is to take the road on Selwyn's Great Alpine Highway. It's the major route between Canterbury and the West Coast, officially known as State Highway 73, but I do like the name, the Great Alpine Highway, and it will take you across the checkerboard of the Canterbury Plains before rollicking through the Southern Alps, through Arthur's Pass. It's actually just a two-hour drive in terms of way to go, 
will go to woe <laughs> from Christchurch to Arthur's Pass. But take it slow yeah. and treat yourself to its many splendours as you hopscotch your way to Arthur's Pass. It is a lovely route. And just out of Christchurch, Melton Estate is an attraction. It is. Winey time, isn't it, Andrew? Yes, a wonderful wine venue on the Alpine Highway. Not that you should be doing too much wine drinking and driving. No, no. However, this underscores the sheer diversity of surprises and hidden gems that decorate the route. They do really good wine at Melton Estate, yeah. And from there, charge westwards to Darfield. It's backed by the Melvin Hills. It's like a good, honest country town, Darfield. It's like a Spates ad. It is like a Spates ad with a a pie. Because (laughs) a very Kiwi. It's a hell of a pie stop. Yeah. They have got great pies mm. in Darfield. Um, if you're in for some very wholesome food and hummingbird coffee, which I do recommend, the Fat Beagle Cafe. I love that the as a name. The Fat Beagle Cafe has the most awesome gluten-free cheese scones I have ever tasted. They go. are gorgeous. I do love a Reuben sandwich. Oh, yes. And they do have them. Very, yeah. very good production version of them at the Fat Beagle. So it's in this yeah. lovely wooden villa there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Do check out the Fat Beagle. It's got something for absolutely everybody. It's also got a little little curios shop upstairs yes, as well. that's right. It's very sort of country town. Yeah. Right. And definitely call into Springfield as Torless Range shuffles even closer. Yes. Uh, it's home to the famous Pink Donut. The Pink Donut, the six-ton land. See, Michael seems to like these, like, tall Paul and the Gemini Giant, and there's a six-ton. This, this is so Route 66. It is very Route landmark. 66. Yeah. It was originally erected to celebrate the Simpsons movie release. Yeah. And Actually, the first one got burnt down. Did you remember that? Yes. Some bugger decided to vandalise it, torched it. So this is the second version. It's a, it's a stronger landmark, this one. I think it might even be fireproof. Someone burnt my picking donut. <laughs> and the adjoining Springfield Donuts caravan, you can grab some tasty doughy bundles of joy. Yes. But just past the caravan, set aside time for a pit stop at the Taste of Kiwi Cafe. Tell you what, if yes. you like mince on toast, oh, yeah. they do, I believe, the world's best mince on toast. That's a big call. It is, eh? Mm. Taste of Kiwi Cafe. Give them a taste of kiwi. It's the locals' favourite, a family-friendly hospo hotspot. Give them a <laughs> taste of kiwi. When was that? It was the 80s. 1978, 79, 80. So, give, give them a, a taste, taste of, of kiwi. Oh, no. Right, no more singing. We get complaints. Noise control. Now, from Springfield, Andrew, Yeah. where are we going? Where are we going? Oh, we'll go to the river. Take me to the river. Oh, oh there's another great song. Yes. On the upper reaches of the Waimakariri. Yes, on the upper reaches of the Waimakariri, make a date with Alpine Jet Thrills. Yes. Yeah. Now, this is a triple-pronged attraction. Yes. So you've got the Jet Boat Ride, you've got Jet Boat World, mm. and then you've also got Airboat Tours. We'll talk about those in a moment. Yeah, the WiMAC, as it's fondly known, the WiMAC, is no stranger to jet boats. After all, this is uh, where Bill Hamilton ha- invented the jet boat, mm-hmm. starting back in the 1950s. Yes, the jet boat was invented in New Zealand and exported to the world. And we have done some jet boating, and you... Uh, you uh, Screamed what, like a banshee? Well, yes, you did. What <laughs> jet boat... <laughs> that was Sydney Harbour. That was Sydney Harbour. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And this time, what did you do? Well, actually, I did the one-hour canyon safari, which takes you up the guts of the river. It is... 
It is scenically arresting. So you skim across the turquoise waters, and then you are like heading into alpine country, and those towering granite cliff faces just seem to glare down imperiously at you. So you'll marvel over the canyon walls. You'll get the most amazing perspectives of the Alps from the upper reaches of the river. It's incredible. Old pioneer tramping huts. You'll see the soaring viaducts of the Midland Railway line traversed by the Transalpine. It is just so wild and rugged and imposing. Now, about a year ago, they launched airboat rides as well. Complement your adrenaline blast with a 20-minute airboat ride on board Air Force Two, which is not to be confused with Joe Biden's Plane, Air Force One. Yes, yes. 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 Nothing beats the sensation of skimming over wet stones in the shallowest of water in the Waimakariri River. And this is all done on a genuine all-American style airbolt. How is it all-American style? Well, they were inspired by Florida. You know, the Everglades and the... They make oh, a, the wee hovercrafts. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They make a hell of a racket. Yeah. Um, I actually felt like a levitating monk um, across the shallow <laughs> waters of the way, Makariri. You felt like a levitating monk. Yes, I did. I thought, you know, I was like floating okay. just above the water. The good thing is, folks, unlike the Florida Everglades, no gators in the way, Mac. You won't see any gators. No, there's no alligators in the Wyback, Michael. Well done. Back on the highway, after hauling your way up Porter's Pass, the Castle Hill Basin unfills its glory, crowned by those bewitching limestone rock formations. They, They feature extensively as a movie location in the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. Now, some of those rock outcrops are as high as 30 metres. Yes. Um, Which is... Why Castle Hill got its name? Because it does give that sense of a fortress-like mm. setting, doesn't it? it All does. those rock outcrops, they're yes. like big towers. They are. Um, it's also a conservation refuge. Castle Hill was the first reserve to be established in New Zealand specifically to protect one single solitary plant, the Castle Hill Buttercup. Buttercup. Yes. yes. Um, great time of year to see them, by the way. They will be out. But be very careful where you trod because there are, there are only 67 known plants left. Oh, 66. And this is the only place you'll find them. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. Don't pick the flowers. And before long, you'll be arriving at the fabulous Arthur's Pass, which is packed with amazing walking trails. Yes. Very A nice. good mid-range option is the full <laughs> Arthur's Pass walking track. Now, even though it is two and a half hours long, it's actually quite a doddle. So it will lead you to the historic Arthur Dobson Memorial on the Highway Summit, which is actually the spot marking New Zealand's highest alpine crossing at 900 metres. Oh, lovely. Um, the summer alpine flowers will be out in force. You've got supreme mountain views on that walking track and uh, also some fabulous waterfalls like the Bride of Whale Falls. Those falls are amazing. But Mm. for something a little shorter, the Devil's Punch Bowl Falls, Mm. it's a one-hour experience and the most popular day walk. After rain, those falls gush like a little fire hydrant. Uh, From the Punch Bowl car park, a short walk takes you directly above the Oterra Rail Tunnel. Very, very famous rail tunnel, the Oterra. In fact, it was originally they couldn't get the train through it, so they had to change trains. Yes. Indeed. By the way, if you walk directly 
towards that Oterra rail tunnel. And if you time it right from the Punchbowl car park, if you time it right and the train's coming through from either Christchurch or Greymouth, mm, mm. you can feel the rumble on top of the tunnel. It is the coolest thing. It is the coolest thing. Yeah. In fact, there are a few little footbridges still left around this country where you can stand on a footbridge that goes over a train and the train just passes underneath you. Oh. Yeah. There's, there's a couple in Christchurch. You wouldn't want to be tall Paul, would you? Well, you wouldn't want them to overload the top of the train, which is actually what happened to the one in Christchurch a while ago. They overloaded the train and took out the footbridge. Oh. Coming up, the wonders of Kaikoura and further south to Clutha. Don't go away. Welcome back. This is Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew. Let us head to one of our favourite South Island jewels, Kaikoura. It's the seascape and the topography that I reckon sets it apart. Few places in the world have such awesome mountains so close to the sea, rearing up with such imposing grandeur. And those mountains soar just offshore. The Kaikoura Canyon plunges to a depth of 1,200 Meters, wow. Yes, and those deep-sea trenches of the continental shelf, of course, give rise to the world-beating marine wildlife experiences you can encounter. We will talk about the wildlife shortly, but a good starting point to get a feel for Kaikoura's incredible landscape is the Kaikoura Peninsula Walkway. It is the perfect introductory, particularly if it's your first time in Kaikoura, so embrace the elements, the splendour of the ocean, the sizzling views on this three-hour loop circuit. It wraps around the peninsula, which was originally an island mm. before being connected to the mainland by all of that eroded debris raining down from those monstrous mountains. Now, Māori mythology considers the peninsula as the seat of Maui's canoe. Legend has it that Maui used the peninsula as a foothold to steady himself when he fished the North Island out of the sea. At least 14 Māori par sites have been identified around the peninsula. There is so much Indigenous history. It's incredible. And you can see many of those par as you walk around on this circuit. Some of them reach back over 800 years as Moa hunter settlements. There's lots of carved pillars and interpretation panels that have been added to the walk to showcase the incredible cultural heritage. Now, highlights include Whalers Bay, the Sugarloaf Landmark, which is also known as Bird City. Bird, you'll like that because they love you. Uh, because it's home to the largest red-billed seagull colony in the South Island. Yes. Squawk oh. away. Oh, they're great. Oh, it's where many of those voracious gulls hail from <laughs> who have possibly mugged you if you've ever tried to eat fish and chips on the beach in Kaikoura. <laughs> they come from that Sugarloaf landmark. That's home base. Now, keep an eye out for Hutton's Shearwater Colony, which is one of our most endangered seabirds. Yes. Uh, then there's the wildly popular Point Keen First colony, which the whole family will love, and the wonderful old whaling station home of Fife House, which is also the cradle of European settlement in Kaikoura. It's an amazing property, this, because it was built in 1844. 1844. Pretty in pink, its colour palette was created from red lead and white lead mixed with, not very pixie these days, but whale oil. Yes. Uh, the most extraordinary feature is its foundations. Fife House was built on piles made from, again, whalebone vertebrae. Yeah. 
and you can see those whale bones when you go to Fife House. Yeah. They have stood the test of time. Obviously, you'll be aware that the Kaikoura area had a massive earthquake just a few years ago. This building, Fife House, fed remarkably well, and the whale bones essentially acted like base isolators. So you'll definitely want to take a tour of Fife House. Now, if ever a landform doubles as a fitting symbol for a region's greatest treasure, Kaikoura Peninsula would have to take the cake. Now, from the air, it vividly conjures the, the shape of a whale's tail. Brilliant. Yeah, I know. That is just so special. Of course, if you do want to get intimate with the splashing whale's tail, uh, you can take to the water with Whale Watch, who have long been oh. viewed as one of New Zealand's iconic tourism operators. Absolutely. So it's generally a two-hour cruise uh, they do, which delivers a very up-close encounter with the world's largest toothed predator, the giant sperm whale. Uh, And the cool thing about those sperm whales, uh, you will see them in the Kaikoura waters at all times of the year. Now, aside from the sperm whales, around 80% of the world's whale and dolphin species, they migrate past the Kaikoura coastline. So there's a wealth of marine mammals to marvel over. Yeah. I think the ultimate would probably be to see the blue whale. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The largest animal to ever exist on Earth. Yeah. Being summer, the summer months are great for sighting blues. That's when you are most likely to see them. Humbacks, obviously very common in summer. Southern right whales, minke and pilot whales are also seen around the Kaikoura area. But you're right, that whale watch has almost become synonymous with New Zealand. It is internationally known and really worth the trip. Now, another great option is to go airborne, particularly to see a pod of sperm whales floating in formation, which is a sight to see. It's like a flotilla, isn't it? It it is, it is. You'd also have an opportunity to see the playful dusky dolphins. They are very cute. Dusky dolphins and other marine life on your flight. It's something to do. Really good operator to do that with is Air Kaikoura. They are a small, friendly aero club, not-for-profit, and they were actually the first to offer whale-watching flights in Kaikoura. So they've been operating for 30 years and they've got a spotless safety record. Yeah, absolutely. Now, just north of town, head up the highway to Oho Point. Yes. Now, the Kokoda Highway Drive is really a destination highlight in itself. I reckon this could be our greatest engineering achievement in the past century, post-quake. To rebuild that coastal highway is just such a monumental achievement and a real guts and glory triumph. Now, by the way, test back in time. What was the thing you always got your parents to do when driving through Kaikoura? Uh, I want to see seals. No. And I want to eat crayfish. No. Remember the tunnels you used to drive through? You always got the parents oh, yes. to toot your horns. Yes, yes, yes. Going through the tunnels. Yes. Indeed. Yes, they've been re-fortified post-quake. Yeah. But always a bit toot the horn, toot the yeah, horn. that's true. So it was like a New Zealand tradition. And then tunnels were only, what, about 20 metres long. But about, you, about a fifth of a rugby field. Yeah, about yeah. that. But you always tooted your horn yeah, going yeah. through the tunnels. It's very true. Now, now, one of the silver linings to the reconstructed highway is the number of safe roadside stopping bays. And the Oho Point is one of the best. That rocky stretch from Oho Point to Paparoa Point boasts the largest fur seal colony in New Zealand. Love fur seals. 2,000 seals call these rocks home. Returning here to breed. Yes. Isn't that cute? Yes. They're very consistent. They know where they are and they know where they want to go. Oh, yeah. Particularly for a bit of (laughs) hanky-panky. And it's that season right now. Don't we all? Oh, yes. The first pups are typically born 
in the first couple of weeks of December. So if you are rocking through this area over summer, you can expect to see heaps of pups and expect plenty of hollering and hooting males, the big bulls. <laughs> like students. Yes. Or like the good old boys at the Canterbury Club after a stiff gin or two. Oh, yes. Yes. Ah. It's a magnificent spectacle. Ah. <laughs> Not so much at the club, but on the coast. I was going to say. Do I need to clarify that? I think you might need to. Yes. All right. It, it's a great time to do it, make tracks to Kokura this summer. And just ahead, we shadow the mighty Clutha back in the mo. This is Kiwi Trips. There's Mike and Andrew as we celebrate summer in the south. Let's head to the Clutha. The mighty Clutha River is New Zealand's second longest river after the Waikato. It's the longest in the South Island and Clutha boasts the highest volume of any river in the country, making it the fastest flowing. She's a gusher. She's a gusher. And in comparison to the Waikato... The Clutha carries nearly twice the volume of water, which is extraordinary. Um, so it runs from Lake Wanaka through central Otago, finally spills out into the Pacific Ocean south of Bell Clutha. I just love the colour of it, all of that swift and swirling emerald green. And at times it seems to get even more intense in places along the river as you track your way south. Um, and just the way it charges through the countryside, it's like the Clutha is saying, I'm in charge. It is indeed. and uh, <laughs> I've just personified a river. You have indeed. That has been done before with other bodies of water in New Zealand. Rivers have personhood. The Whanganui River, I think, has been deemed... A person. A person. Indeed it is. There and why not? There you go. And funny fact about uh, South Island rivers, the Bulla River, when in flood, has more water flowing through it than the Thames. There yeah, I could well believe that, actually. Indeed. that That is like a horizontal fire hydrant, <laughs> isn't it? It's... Oh. Extraordinary, yeah. Now, many road trippers will most likely cross paths with the Clutha while holidaying in Wanaka or mm -hmm. calling into Cromwell. But if you shadow the river's passage, the Clutha encompasses a swag of world-class tourist experiences. This is very true. And obviously, with the summer season, we've got international tourists back in big numbers for the yeah. first time in several years. Oh, yeah. So if you think you need to escape the crowds in Wanaka or Queenstown, yeah, just follow the Clutha South because you'll come to some of those lesser-known jewels like Roxburgh. And you've got that magnificent Maniatoto region of central Otago to wander your way through all wide and lonely wilderness. And Alexandra of course, is uh, one of the other uh, big service towns in that area. But Clyde, oh my goodness, Andrew, Clyde would have to be a world-class destination. Indeed. Now, originally known as Dunstan, Clyde lies just beside the Clutha River and the awesome power of the Clyde Hydro Dam. If you've ever, and I advise, if you get a chance, stand there and look at it. It is you can just feel the power. Mm. And I don't just mean the electricity being generated. It's true. It's such a great little town, Clyde, as well, because you've got so much history. That uh, Main Street, Sunderland Street, boasts one of New Zealand's best historic precincts with amazing little properties like the Dunstan Times Building and the Hartley Arms Hotel. Oh, yes. And the Dunstan Hotel. And the Clyde Railway Station, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, you'll definitely want to dine at Oliver's Restaurant, which is a real hospitality powerhouse. In fact, it was established by Fleur, 
Sullivan of Fleur's place, Mauraki fame. Indeed. Really cool place. Yeah. And Clyde is also the start or the finish line of the Otago Central Rail Trail, New Zealand's original great ride, uh, which runs along the old railway line all the way to Middlemarch. And just two years ago, Clyde is also the terminus for the sensational Lake Dunstan Trail, which weaves its way around the water's edge from Cromwell. Yes. So, yeah, when it comes to scenic trails, this really is a cycling mecca. Uh, there is also a supporting cast of other trails, which are more focused on tracing the Clother. So heading south, you've got like the Roxburgh Gorge Trail. That's a one-day trip, about 34K from Alex to the Roxburgh Dam. Um, another new kit on the block, the Clutha Gold Trail. This opened about five years ago. It's about 70K in length um, from Roxburgh to the Beaumont Gorge, where it branches off towards the historic gold mining town of Lawrence. Now, it was nearby at um, Gabriel's Gully, Gully. yes, that the Otago Gold Rush actually started following the discovery of gold in 1861. Both trails can be discovered on foot or you can go by bike, richly wreathed in Otago's mining legacy. And this was was a big deal. If the trails sound like too much of a hard slog for your leisurely vacation plans, you can just sort of make your way around by car. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you can do that. I think I might have. You might have, yes. yes. That's why I said it. Yeah. Uh, Roxburgh. I think Roxburgh is totally underrated. Roxy's very cool, eh? Yes. Um, I love the fruit, for starters. I mean, when I hear the word Roxburgh, I just think of that patchwork of fruit orchards. Mm. So much of our stone fruit comes from these parts. It does. So you're in absolute heaven come summertime when it comes to really fresh stone fruit. But it, yeah, it's a lesser trafficked regional town with all sorts of interesting temptations. And the heritage housing is very impressive with mud, brick and schist cottages. No, schist. <laughs> Thick on the ground and very proudly maintained as well. I would love a schist cottage. Yeah, uh, Many folk in the Lower South Island will tell you that the most famous product from Roxburgh is not the stone fruit. It's a pie, a particular pie, oh. Jimmy's Pies. Oh, yes, Jimmy's Pies, made to an old family recipe. Uh, Jimmy's have been making their meat pies for almost 50 years with 20 different types of pies on offer. 20. Yeah. Name them. Oh. <laughs> well, I've tried a few of them. Yeah. People actually go... Equally gaga over the sweet treats at Jimmy's Pies in Roxburgh. They've got these cream buns, which are the size of a basketball. <laughs> it would give the Heart Foundation conniptions. <laughs> but it's the power of those pies, Jimmy's Pies. They make over 25,000 pies a day. A day. From their little shop in Scotland Street, Roxburgh. 25,000 pies a yeah. day. So if you go into a lot of service stations in Otago and Southland, even in parts of Canterbury, you'll see them. They're just so well regarded. Yeah, they are, yeah. they are a very nice pie. Now, across the road, another time-honoured institution, the cinema. Oh, now, yes. Roxburgh reputedly has New Zealand's oldest operating cinema, which first opened on the 11th of December, 1897, and is still going strong. Now, I don't think there'd be many people who know that. Roxburgh has got New Zealand's oldest operating cinema. Yeah. There you go. So it's those sorts of little surprises that unfurl their splendour for you when you head down to Roxburgh on the banks of the Clutha River. Now, before we go, 
Thank you to our wonderful friends at Lonely Planet, the creme de la creme of travel books. Uh, we have our weekly guidebook giveaway. Lonely Planet's Experience Italy. Very nice book. Have read it. Fantastic. To be into win, give us the answer to this question. On what South Island River can you take air boat rides? Oh, I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) On what South Island River can you take air boat rides? I do remember. It's such a great ride. Yeah. I, felt, I felt like a levitating monk. Did I tell you that? You may have mentioned that. Yes. To be in to win, send us a message with your answer on the Kiwi Tripsters Facebook page. Indeed. We'll randomly choose a winner, notify you directly, and you have to be in to win. So, chop, chop. Thanks for joining us on Kiwi Tripsters. Be sure to like our Facebook page, and you can see all our show notes on the website, kiwitripsters.co.nz. The articles on the topics we have chatted about, like the Mount Aspiring Road from Wanaka, the Great Alpine Highway in Selwyn, uh, the wonderful Clutha and so forth, they're all available on fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz. Plus, we'd love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. You are always very welcome to share with us your feedback, your advice, your guidance, your complaints. Be brutal. Be aggressive. Be don't hold back in spirit with us. We love that. I like a an assertive punter. <laughs> and we hope to catch you again for our weekly fresh episode. And we head to Switzerland with Globus. Take care. <laughs> and that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.